from Romans. Chapter 10. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. And this is straight from the mouth of God. <laughs> Amen. 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 Elsie and I did not compare notes. But the Lord knew what he wanted said. Elsie, would you come over here, please? <clears throat> the Church of the Nazarene recognizes all believers are called to minister to all people. We also affirm Christ calls some men and women to a specific and public ministry, even as he chose and ordained his 12 apostles. When the church, illuminated by the Holy Spirit, recognizes such a divine call, the church endorses and assists the individual's entry into a lifetime of ministry. The Church of the Nazarene supports the right of women to use their God-given spiritual gifts within the church and affirms the historic right of women to be elected and appointed to places of leadership within the Church of the Nazarene, including the offices of both elder and deacon. The purpose of Christ's redemptive work is to set God's creation free from the curse of the fall. Those who are in Christ are new creations. In this redemptive community, no human being is to be regarded as inferior on the basis of social status, race, or gender. Acknowledging the apparent paradox created by Paul's instruction to Timothy in 1 Timothy and to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians, we believe interpreting these passages as limiting the role of women in ministry presents serious conflicts with the specific passages of Scripture that command female participation in spiritual leadership roles. And it violates the spirit and practice of the Wesleyan holiness tradition. Finally, it is incompatible with the character of God presented through Scripture, especially as revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. While affirming the scriptural tenet of the universal priesthood and ministry of all believers, 
Ordination reflects the biblical belief that God calls and gifts certain men and women for ministerial leadership in the church. Ordination is the authenticating, authorizing act of the church, which recognizes and confirms God's call to ministerial leadership as stewards and proclaimers of the gospel of the Lord Jesus, of the church of Jesus Christ. Consequently, Ordination bears witness to the church universal and the world at large that this candidate evidences an exemplary life of holiness, possesses gifts and graces for public ministry, and has a thirst for knowledge, especially for the word of God, and has the capacity to communicate sound doctrine. The Church of the Nazarene depends largely upon the spiritual qualifications, character, and manner of life in its ministers. And before I go any farther, you need to hear and understand, in the Church of the Nazarene, ordination is something that happens after she completes all of her training, after she completes all of her experience, and she gets approved at the district and the general church levels, and then at a a district assembly, she will be ordained by a general superintendent. We are not ordaining her today. She's already a licensed minister in the church. We are receiving her into our staff of this church as a pastor. The minister of the gospel in the church of the Nazarene must have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. They must be sanctified wholly by the baptism with or in filling of the Holy Spirit. The minister must have a deep love for unbelievers. They must believe that unbelievers are perishing. And they must have a call to proclaim salvation. The minister is to be an example to the church. Punctual. Discreet. Diligent. Earnest. In purity, understanding, patience, kindness, love, and truth by the power of God. The minister must likewise have a deep sense of the necessity of believers going on to perfection and developing the graces in practi- Christian graces in practical living, that their love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. One who would minister in the Church of the Nazarene must have a strong appreciation of both salvation and Christian ethics. The ministers should respond to opportunities to mentor future ministers and to nurture the call to ministry. The minister must have gifts and graces for the ministry. He or she will have a thirst for knowledge, especially the word of God. And they must have sound judgment, good understanding, and clear views concerning salvation as revealed in the scriptures. Saints will be edified and sinners converted through their ministry. Further, the minister of the gospel in the church of the Nazarene must be an example in prayer. Recognizing God's method of setting apart certain workers for specific areas of Christian service, we now come to this moment of installation of this minister who has been properly chosen to serve in our church for the next 16 months. Let us consider God's instructions to us from his holy word. Now, before I do that, let me clarify. 16 months, the contract we offer, Elsie, is for 12 months. But I have permission for this first time to make it 16 months so that we then line everything up with our church year. So after this, from here on out, she'll be offered a one-year contract. Let us consider God's instructions to us from his holy word. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, 
pleasing and perfect will. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. We now come to this important moment when you who stand before the Lord and this congregation are to take upon yourself the task of caring for the affairs of the church. May you look upon the assignment you now assume as a special opportunity for service for our Lord, and may you find joy and spiritual blessing in the performance of your duties. Yours is no light task, for the ongoing of the church and the destiny of souls is now being placed in your hands. The development of Christian character is your responsibility, and leading the unsaved to Jesus Christ is your highest objective. May God grant you wisdom and strength as you do God's work for the glory of God alone. In consideration of the confidence placed in you by me, the church's board of directors, and the superintendent of the Alaska District of the Church of the Nazarene, by being selected for the office of associate pastor, will you hereby covenant to do the following? If so, please respond, I do, after each statement. Do you, excuse me, do you covenant to maintain a high standard of Christian living and example in harmony with the ideals and standards of the Church of the Nazarene? Do you covenant to cultivate your personal Christian experience by setting aside each day a definite time for prayer and Bible reading? Do you covenant to be present at the regular preaching services of the church unless providentially hindered? Do you covenant to attend faithfully all properly called meetings of the various boards, councils, or committees to which you have been or will be assigned? Do you covenant to notify your supervisor? That's me. If you are unable to be present at the stated time or to carry out your responsibilities in this office, do Do you covenant to demonstrate appreciation, comprehension and application of the manual and history of the Church of the Nazarene and of the doctrine of holiness by successfully completing at least two classes per year of the validated course of study? Do you covenant to endeavor to lead people to Jesus Christ by manifesting an active interest in the spiritual welfare of others and by attending and supporting all evangelistic meetings in the church? I do. Having pledged your heart and hands to the task of carrying forth the work of this church, I herewith install you as pastor of the worship support team. Although you have been a vital member of our congregation for many years, you are now a vital part of the organizational structure and leadership of this church. May you, by example, by precept, and by diligent service, prove yourself to be an effective worker in the vineyard of the Lord. You've heard the pledge and the covenant entered into by Reverend Stormont. I now charge you, as a congregation, to be loyal in your support of her. The burdens which we have laid upon her are heavy, and she will need your assistance and your prayers. May you always be understanding and tolerant as she seeks to serve the Lord to her best ability. May you lend assistance joyfully when called upon, so that as we work together, 
our church may be an effective instrument in winning the lost to Christ and in advancing the kingdom of God. I invite the church board to come forward and to gather around Pastor Elsie as we anoint and lay hands on her in reception of her as our new associate pastor. And let me say while they're coming, the Church of the Nazarene has a very strict rule. We, When a person becomes an, or a licensed minister in the Church of the Nazarene, they can be called reverend. So she, she has been for two years Reverend Stormont. She is prohibited from being called Pastor Stormont or Pastor Elsie until she's actually in an assignment. And that's, it's, it's, it's a very strict rule that the Church of the Nazarene has. And so you just heard me refer to her for the very first time as Pastor Elsie. And she is now, from this day forward, until her contract ends, <laughs> Pastor Elsie. <clears throat> It is the intent of the church board and of this church body to dedicate itself together with our new associate pastor in this altar of prayer. We pray together for God's richest blessing upon Pastor Elsie's life and her ministry, which herein begins. If you will agree with us in prayer, and I'm saying this to you, congregation, if you will agree with us in prayer and are in unison with God's touch on this woman's life, will you please stand and reach your hand forward in prayer as we agree together? Board, if you'll come on up. Go ahead. Let's pray. Father, as I said earlier, we are not ordaining her to ministry. That's your business and that's the church's business. We are simply recognizing that she is indeed a licensed minister in the Church of the Nazarene. She feels called to be a part of this congregation and to take a leadership role. And we thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for her faithful support. We ask, God, your blessing be on her. We ask that you would empower her. And, Father, use her in ways that she never dreamed possible through the strength and the power of your Holy Spirit working through her, giving her the words to say and the ideas to think and the tasks to do, God. We give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome, Pastor Elsie. And one of the other, you guys, board, you can go ahead and take a seat. One of the other very strict rules that the Church of the Nazarene has is a person may be a licensed minister, but they are forbidden from doing certain things in the church until they are in an assignment. What are they forbidden to do? They cannot marry anybody. They can't perform a wedding ceremony. They cannot baptize anybody. They cannot serve communion or officiate at a communion service. But she's now a staff pastor, and I'm going to go sit down.
In my blood. <laughs> Can't do it. Hold all of it. <laughs> this blood is the new covenant in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever, therefore, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let the person, let ourselves, examine ourselves. Then, so eat the bread and drink the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. The Lord cautioned us to look into our hearts and ask the Lord, if there is anything which we did in prayer, if there is anything within this, Lord. Father God, I pray that the meditations of our hearts and the words of our mouths will be pleasing to you this day. By the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, cleanse us of anything unholy and that is not of you, Lord. Make us ready to receive you and to remember you in this time of communion. As I said, the Lord Lord himself ordained this holy sacrament. He commanded his disciples to partake of the bread and wine, as we read from Paul. Emblem of his broken body, and shed blood. This is his table. The feast is for his disciples, for us, for those of us who proclaim him as God and Savior of the world. Those of us who follow him and who know his call, let all those who have with true repentance forsaken their sins and have believed in Christ unto salvation, draw near and take these emblems, and by faith partake of the life of Jesus Christ, to your soul's comfort and joy. That's what we call in the Church of the Nazarene an open communion. You don't have to be a member of our congregation or a member of the Nazarene Church to partake and share communion with us. But you do need to be a believer and a disciple of Christ. In your soul's comfort and joy, let us remember that it is a memorial of the death and passion of our Lord, also a token of his coming again. So it's a remembering of what he did for us and a remembering and an anticipation of what he has coming and his coming again. So let's not forget that we are one at one table with the Lord. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who thy tender mercy did give 
your only Son, Jesus Christ, to suffer death upon the cross for our redemption, Lord, hear us. We most humbly ask you, grant us that we receive these, this bread and this wine according to the holy institution of your Son, the sacrament that he started, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in remembrance of his passion and death, we may be made partakers, receivers of the benefits of his atoning sacrifice. We are reminded that in the same night that our Lord was betrayed, he took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus said, this is my body given for you in remembrance of me. Likewise, after the supper. Jesus took the cup. And he gave it to them, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Now we become before you, Lord in true humility and faith as we partake of this holy sacrament through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was broken for you, preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. Take and eat this in remembrance that Christ died for you. The blood of our Lord Jesus, which was shed for you, preserve you blameless unto everlasting. Drink this in remembrance that Christ's blood was shed, was shed for you. Be thankful. Take the bread and remember that his body was broken for you. And be thankful. Come. Join me at his table. And celebrate our Savior. And remember all that he has done and all that he will do for us. May you be blessed in this time. Waking up to a new sunrise Looking back from the other side I can see now with open eyes Darkest water and deepest pain 
downstairs a reception we have cake and coffee and tea and punch and it's a chance for you to hug on somebody's neck and shake their hand and tell them you love them and that you're going to pray for them um, so let's pray a benediction and then we'll be adjourned from here and re- reassemble downstairs to celebrate Elsie's appointment as pastor in our church do you guys realize what God has done <laughs> hallelujah anyway let's pray bless us now God Help us to walk in your strength and in your power as we leave this place and help us to be the light of Christ.
to our community. And may they see our good deeds and glorify you who are in heaven. In Jesus' name I pray. And now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of you. Go in his peace. Amen.